This is episode number 10 of the Jazz and Blues Affinity Podcast. Today's guest is Ben Goldernovic, and he'll be talking today about being different and exploring your passion in the music business. You're listening to the Jazz and Blues Affinity Podcast, hosted by Derek Zaborin. Each week, Derek interviews a diverse range of musicians who perform this music as well as writers and researchers who advocate on its behalf. Join in for engaging conversations that highlight the individual perspectives that shape today's jazz and blues scene. Here's your host, Derek Zaborin. A couple weeks back in episode number eight, I aired the first part of my interview with Ben Goldernovic, where we talked about the synergy and teamwork that often is experienced during a good musical performance. Today in episode 10, I'm going to release the second part of my conversation with Ben Goldernovic, and I hope you enjoy. You play a wide range of styles. You even offer lessons in a wide range of styles. What inspires your eclectic tastes, and not just jazz and blues, but multiple different genres? Growing up, like I was like a rock and roll kind of guy, and I still am. So I don't know. I think it's just I think it's just trying to be different. Like I was just so into rock and roll whether it's grunge or heavy metal or or classic rock all all the different genres within rock and roll punk rock everything i was like you know what as tempting as it is to play guitar i want to play sax (laughs) i was like it's like it's like sax is it's different like i was i was like it's like "Ah, everyone plays guitar you know and and I am such a super fan of guitar. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just, I love the instrument. Um, it's the iconic rock and roll instrument. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and I love jazz guitar and country music. Like, like it's like, I feel like the guitar is such a versatile instrument and um, I don't know. It just didn't, I just felt like I was like, nah, I'm going to play sax and then try to have the sax be like a guitar. To be honest, yeah, I still listen to more guitarists than I do um, sax players. However, um, you know, it's it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Like like I, I I've always made an effort to try to listen to as many different sax players as as I can. That's really interesting. You mentioned make the saxophone sound like a guitar. If people go to your band camp, they can find a bunch of recordings, a big batch of them, or, the, or at least I did a couple months nice. ago. And yep. you did this like the surf rock with the saxophone, which was like so amazing. Oh, thanks. Yep. Yeah. Miserloo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love surf rock. That That's that's part of why I'm a Tarantino fan is because of the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Like I actually listened to the soundtrack before seeing the movie like and like listen to it over and over and over and over i was like this is the coolest thing ever i had i was unfamiliar with with that genre at that time so i was like wow this is i was like i can only imagine how cool the movie is you know and then and then i finally saw the movie and i was like it's like wow i was like okay so this is pretty much my favorite movie but i still like the soundtrack even better (laughs) (laughs) awesome it makes sense as a musician too Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Now, when did you first realize you wanted to become a musician? You know, you're talking about how you enjoyed rock music and, you know, the sax sounded it was like a different thing that you wanted to try. When, what was that moment? Do you, and maybe you don't remember it, but what was the moment that you think you, 
you were like, yeah, I want to become a musician. For a long time, I actually tried to fight it. My father's a musician and I was always trying to be very rebellious. I was like, ah, that's what my dad does. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't want to be a musician. I, I, I'll do something else. Like, uh, and I, I mean, I did when I went to college, it was, I did music education both for pragmatic reasons, but also like, I just didn't want to totally follow in my father's footsteps, you know, as, as music education, as opposed to, you know, jazz performance. Uh, but to be honest, I, if I could do it all, all over, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do either of those. I would do music business. That's what, and that's what I recommend to anybody going into to college that that would be the, the major that I would recommend. Why is that? Uh, because it's, so complicated as as the music business is so complicated and ever changing and to just try to really uh be savvy about it and, and keep up with it as long as as you're like keeping up with like practicing an instrument and and taking music performance seriously i actually think it makes more sense to to know about the business and to just have that that mindset of like okay this is like this is the absolute craziest industry ever <laughs> you know and to keep that in mind and to just do you know just do your best and try to try to just think think of things from a managerial um point of view you know and branding I, yeah, I, I only just learned that word a few years ago. You know, branding. I was like, I don't even know what that. <laughs> um, so, so I, I would say, say to to do that. I mean, well, for someone who wants to be a music teacher, obviously, uh, music education is is the way to go. Um, but as far as like playing, I just don't think that music performance. I just don't think it's necessary. Um, it sounds uh, like you're kind of saying you, you know, learn that as just by performing your instrument and getting experience. It's not so much something exactly, you should study right. academically. Exactly. Right. Right. You know, now I, I don't really know. I'm not too knowledgeable about the classical world. So maybe it might make more sense for that. But yeah, as far as like playing gigs, I just, yeah, I, I don't, just don't really see, I just, I guess I just don't really see the connection of of a jazz performance or just music performance major and actually playing uh uh gigs you know you know um sometimes i think back i'm like oh dude if, when i was 18 i wish i just moved to new york just right then and there and just figured everything out you know make sure to have like a a good teacher you know good one-on-one -on -one instructor and then and that's that's it you know um but uh Ah, I forget what I was talking about. Before. I forget what <laughs> you're just saying that yeah, yeah. you think that a, a, a business degree, a music business degree would be a better avenue for a lot of aspiring yeah. musicians. I absolutely. Yeah, yes. I think, I think, I think it, it, it would. And, um, Oh, and you, Oh, the moment, Oh, the moment when I knew I wanted to be a musician, it was actually probably not until I was about like 27, 28, you know, cause I, I was like, I was teaching at a, school in connecticut and so so i was like teaching and then playing gigs you know at night and i i, I was i was enjoying it but um 
it was like the uh there was a fire you know there was a fire within me you know there was there was an itch to be scratched i was like oh man i'm like it's like like i'm almost 30 you know i'm 40 now but i was like i'm almost 30 and i've never played a gig in another country you know i was i was like yeah it really wasn't until that point that I, i was just like i was like dude i don't know if any of this is ever even gonna happen like i have so much mute but like like music and uh, creativity to express and adventures to be had you know it's like it's like i i gotta do something about this and then so then w- i moved to new york for a year then went back to connecticut for a few years and then and then came back to new york for for good and then i'm still here now it sounds like it kind of really just kind of clicked inside of you and then you just started making you started seeing yourself in, in that role and you just started kind of, okay, this is where I got to move. This is the kinds of things I got to do. Is that kind of how it happened? Yes, it, 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 exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was living in Connecticut and, and uh, I love Connecticut. It's a great place. Like, you know, that's where I went to college to the heart school. And a lot, of, a lot of folks, they think that that's where I'm from. And then I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying not to do this anymore, but for a long time, I would just tell people I'm from Connecticut. <laughs> you know um and as opposed to the boston area you know like it's like oh hey you're from connecticut right i'd just be like yeah yeah that's where I'm from. <laughs> so, or or sometimes i'd even i'd even just 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 say it like so i feel like it was my honorary my you know hartford especially that's where i lived it's, it's like my honorary uh hometown and and that and that was that was a great place to like just try different things like that, that was like, that was like the, the training ground, you know? And then, then I was like, okay, it's, it's time for New York. It's time for, like, I got to at least see what it's like to live in New York. See, see what the whole, the whole hype is all about. So you've been performing for years, of course, but you also offer some lessons to read players. Yes. In your view, what is a roadblock? What is a big roadblock that gets in the way of a musician becoming good with their instrument? Oh, you know, I, I think uh, it's like I hear a lot of talk about like like working really hard. I, I never really understood that, to be honest, because I'm just like I'm just straight up addicted to music. And so if that means that uh, that that I've worked hard, great. You know, I, I don't really personally, I don't I don't see it that way. It's just more like that's just I'm literally addicted to it. So I think to just to just try to. Uh, have try to like spread the spread the the disease of music addiction to 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 students you know just pure enthusiasm and just kind of whatever it takes to to get that going and to um i think also like like trying to be different is always a good thing because you know it's like when i was in high school i mean i'm super lucky i i'd say even privileged like the I had a great high school music program at Lexington High School. I was like, I think at that point it was maybe even considered one of the best programs in the country. And um we would do all these like jazz competitions and I didn't really like it. <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't I wasn't enjoying that, you know. Um like I'm I'm thankful to have come from that, but it just wasn't wasn't my thing. So I, I was always just even as early as age ten just trying to 
find ways to be like different and weird, <laughs> you know? And I, I think that's kind of what's, what's kept me going because, you know, you know, cause music is, you know, and I, I love, I, I absolutely love sports and I always have, um, but music is different, you know? So it's, as soon as there's anything to do with like competition or who's better than who I just, I'm just not, I just like, I just totally tune out, you know? Um, like, I, so I, I try to pass that on to my students, like, like just figure out your style and, and do that. And, uh, hopefully you'll become addicted to that. So that, that's, <laughs> that, there you have it. There it is. It's an interesting perspective. Yeah. You know, people define success in all sorts of a way, you know, all sorts of ways for you. What does success mean as a musician? Let's see. That's a good question. Probably to just make a living of, of, of any sort, even if it, even if it's a part-time thing, you know, to just be able to professionally be as creative as, as possible. And, you know, having your own voice, your, your own style, your own voice musically to me, that, that would be, that, that would be success. You know, um, I, I don't, I don't, uh, <laughs> I kind of have a rule that where I don't like to criticize anybody, but like, so if you look at a certain one, one certain musician who plays the sax, who makes a lot of money, um, Kenny G. Uh, uh, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, I think you can probably be a lower up on him, and I don't think anybody here is going to mind too much. It's like if you look at him, um, you know, to me, like I am happy for his financial success for sure. I think that's 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 really that's 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 a beautiful thing in and of itself. But I know for me that that's not what I would want. And I, I so I think that that's like, you know, because I mean, maybe he truly enjoys playing in that style. And that's that's great. I think I get the sense that he probably doesn't. <laughs> you know, I could be wrong. Um, but I know for me, that's absolutely not what I would want to play. And um, I, I so so I think just yeah, just being true to your own creative style you know so then on the flip side look at someone like king curtis you know that i think he's the epitome of of success like i would you know i would imagine well unfortunately he 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 died uh, at a young age like but i would say deep within his soul he may have wanted to be more like just jazz purist and then he he went a little more into the r&b and blues um but i think in doing that he created something totally new you know and and, and like i think he even said in, in an interview that it's like it's like he wanted to play he wanted to be exclusively a jazz musician but he also wanted to live well so i just he just had that perfect balance of of slightly more mainstream commercial but really staying just so artistically really cool you know and really interesting so i think you know or uh cannonball adderley uh another example you, you know because because uh it's like he he did the the straight ahead jazz thing for so long and then and then went just slightly pop you know so so uh those those would be some examples uh of of success that that, that i would say you know 
it's finding that balance between making a living and then being successful financially, but also pursuing the dream that you have and being unique as you kept reiterating. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Fascinating. Well, I've really enjoyed the conversation today, Ben. Is there any kind of last ideas that you have or any thoughts that you have as we've been discussing? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, we covered quite a lot of ground being a fan first. That's, that's really, I think that's, that's been on my mind a lot lately. And I know that that that's been helpful to me as a musician to, to, to just to be a fan first, um, as opposed to like, um, having, uh, just like all these goals, like, yeah, go- <laughs> goals. I don't even care about goals. You know, you know, just, just be a fan first, try to figure out what music and w- what art in general that you like and maybe what you don't like and reasons for that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I try to be a, a, a music uh, cheerleader as much as I can. And I think that that's, that's really important. It's, it's good karma and it, and it supports music and then it also supports yourself. <laughs> so th- those are my uh, last uh, thoughts. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the program, Ben. Excellent. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Jazz and Blues Affinity Podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on your favorite platforms so you never miss one of our exclusive interviews. Learn more about the podcast, find detailed show notes, and listen to previous episodes over at www.jazzandbluesaffinity.com. Take care, and join Derek next week for another great conversation.